And here we are with episode one of the Whole in the Soul podcast. I'm your co-host, Kevin Oldham. I'm here with my co-host, Jose Bolaños, and we are excited to introduce our new show to you, a show that selfishly is whatever the heck we want it to be, but it has deep meaning. And so we want to talk about where the name is, who the heck your hosts are, and where we're going with the show. So, Jose, welcome, my friend. Love it. Love being here. Um, super excited to get this off the ground. Uh, we're also going to talk about what you can expect to find on this show. And part of that is something we're still going to be figuring out for ourselves. I mean, it's a hole in the soul, my friend. There's a lot to fill that. And I think that we, you know, you and I are coming off of spending some time together, four days working together in Houston. We identified that. I mean, I think that, you know, we put up a lot of paper on the wall and ideas and whatnot. And we kept coming back to the fact that, you know, us as humans, we're all broken. I mean, we are all broken. We all have scars and, and, and things like that. And you and I have overcome quite a bit of adversity in our lives. And I think that's part of what is exciting about this show for me is, is helping others. But, you know, the metaphorical hole in the soul and you can go Google the term. It's, I think it's a psychology term or whatever. But from our perspective, I think we, what we realize is that a lot of people are, are leading lives that aren't uh, full of depth. And I don't want to say they're yeah. shallow. They're just not super deep, right? Maybe lacking yeah, meaning, you know, purpose, whatever. Yeah, I've, I've heard uh, a few times that you don't like the term shallow, telling people their lives are shallow. Um, yeah. I think it's like a very negative connotation. Um, mm hmm Say that like you're a shallow person, or oh, it's, a, um, it's an insult, dude. It's an insult. Well, but 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 we gotta accept that you know we run the risk of living superficial lives, and um, that's a big risk for all of us. And life is sacred, and we have one chance to live it. And I don't think it's just a psychological term. I think it's also a spiritual term. You know, Absolutely. the whole of the soul. Um, when you told me about the name, I told you about a phrase that um, that resonates with me and is in all my presentations. You told me about the name before I ever told you about this phrase. And it's that we are an infinite well that infinite finites will never be able to fill. Um, Ignacio Larañaga, he's a San Franciscan monk who said that. Mm -hmm. so again, it's we are an infinite well that infinite finites will never be able to fill. Um, so, and I always, I always share that in my presentations when I talk about purpose and infinite mindset and bringing meaning and depth that, you know, an infinite amount of finites of wins, of accomplishments, of titles, of money, of whatever you do on this world will never be able to fill that infinite well. And I think that's the whole of the soul. It is. It is. And you see this, you know, you and I, we're high performers. We like to help people that are performance driven uh, in life. And, you you know, I, I've seen a couple of examples of this, one of which was really, really eye opening. Um, there was a documentary that was about Olympians and Michael Phelps was the narrator. And it really shone light on the fact that, you know, you think about an Olympian. I don't care what your sport is. You work your entire life to achieve the podium. And then you achieve it and you're like, and you're, you're young too. I mean, not a lot of Olympians are in their 
40s, mostly in your 20s, maybe your 30s. And then you're like, okay, now what? And they get very depressed. They have this hole that they thought was going to be filled by this metal. And ultimately they were like, yeah, that, that wasn't it. Yeah. And that's sad. That's really sad. Well, I don't, I don't know if I would use the same word, sad. It's revealing for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Maybe it's I think not it's sad. sad. You don't think it's sad for somebody well, to, to if they're at the this. end of their life, I think they're blessed to find out very quickly, okay, this isn't going to fill me. Right. But, but there's, a, there's a similar story of a guy named Jory Baran. Jory Baran was a pro surfer who was always after winning this uh, very um, – what would you say, like the, the, the top competition in surfing, which is sure. the, pipe, the pipeline masters. Yeah. And he thought that's everything he wanted in life and that that would solve everything. And he fought for it and he went for it and he won. And there's a, there's a documentary on this. He wins the competition and as he's coming out and the newspaper, not, well, the journalists, uh, whatever, the photographers, the interviewers, everybody's coming around them, it starts raining. It just starts pouring rain and everybody leaves and they leave him by himself. On the beach. <laughs> and he's just like, won the competition of his life right. and everybody's gone and, and he was empty and he went into depression and he went into addiction. And afterwards he started, you know, he became a newborn Christian and uh, started working with the U S uh, Olympic surfers, young kids and changing their lives and did something more meaningful in his life. So, yeah. yeah, I don't know if it's sad or if it's, you know, it's revealing to understand that, that these things aren't going to fill you up. Yeah. 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 I was, you know, I was reminded of this yesterday. I was scrolling through Instagram. I don't know if, do you follow Steve Weatherford? Uh, I think he was a punter oh. for, I think, it, I think he was punter for the, the Patriots. So dude's got a Super Bowl ring. I met him in Costa Rica this past summer. Um, huge follower oh. of Christ. Super, super great guy. But he had, you know, he has a story where he, when he won the Super Bowl, it was the it was the happiest and absolutely saddest day of his life at the same time because he was happy. He's like, oh, we achieved this, but he was so sad because kind of like what we talked about with the Olympians or anybody who uh, tries to fill that hole in their soul with, I'll just say, earthly things. You know, like it just did not work out that great, and uh, he was like, man, depressed, right? And so yeah. there's something there. And, and I think know, that's part of what we want to help people uh, understand. And that's part of the human well, I think condition it speaks as well. Into, I think it speaks into that success is just a moment. And, mm -hmm. and failure is also just a moment. It's not an end in itself. Um, and we got to focus on something more meaningful and purposeful. For, for me, you know, in our last conversation, I talked to you that I was talking to I was basically talking to somebody at a young age when I was really excited about life and I was finding meaning for myself. And I already really early on got like guided towards talking about purpose and mission and what, what am I going to dedicate my life to? And this person was talking to me about the whole in our soul. It's like, I got this job. I don't like this boss. I don't like, and I got to go to it and there's nothing I can do. And I'm it's really helpless and there's really nothing I can do about it. And yeah, all I desired was to change her mindset around that. All I wanted to was help her and shift her mindset to understand that, no, that she could do something about it. She wasn't a victim of that. And that's basically where I decided to become a transformation agent and a coach and 
and do this work that we're going to continue doing here through this project. Well, I want to I take this moment because I was one of your students at one point in time to just kind of touch on that. I mean, people may not know who the heck we are and we can't take it for granted. And so um, I want you to go first. I want you to just give a quick bio on like your life. I know it's really hard, yeah. uh, but from a professional perspective, right? So that people know where you're coming from. And then I'll pop, I'm, I'm like a little bit, I'm way less important on this, uh, this whole, actually I, what I am is I'm kind of like the guy who, uh, who's gone through your teachings and has transformed his life and is here because I want others to, to benefit from the same, right? Like I want others to realize that life doesn't have to be as heavy, as hard, as dark or whatever. So, um, why don't you just talk about yeah. your coaching history real quick? Well, I've, I'm, I describe my, I've come to accept that I'm a philosopher. Mm -hmm. I'm not a entrepreneur. I am not a business leader, even though I work with business leaders. It's like I bring to the business world this, this, this different perspective. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm not a business coach. I hate being called a life coach. Um, <laughs> I never called you that, by the way. I always yeah, called you my, my mindset name, coach. That's what I always yeah, said. My, it's still a little limiting, but you know, I for know, me it's I know. <laughs> so, tr transformational is is more a word that I that I lean to because mm. I was taught very early on that transformation is not becoming somebody you're not. It's about becoming the person you were truly designed to be. It's going back to your original design. So a transformational coach is actually somebody that's going to guide you, even though that's not a short, that can be a long journey, can be years, but it's going to guide you to going back to your original design, the person you were meant to be. Um, you can change. You can change your clothes. You can change your work. You can change where you live. You can change whatever, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're becoming more of who you're meant to be. Mm. Transformation is the process by which you become who you are meant to be, which I think is right. the only way to live a fulfilling life, a life that's going to fill the hole in your soul is mm -hmm. living in accordance to your original design. So um, I was always a philosopher in uh, high school, really bad student, but always reading about mm -hmm. truth. I wanted to know about truth. I wanted to understand things for myself. I didn't want to take things um, just because they were told to me. Um, so right. I was a rebel without a cause. I was a bad student, but it was never because I was not smart. I was reading very sophisticated books in high school about meaning and about life and about politics and about philosophy and spirituality. Um, and then that put me on my own path of recovery. Um, I mean, I also did a little, uh, some substance abuse in high school and I quickly. Welcome to the crowd. I mean, yeah, there we go. Who hasn't, right? <laughs> you know, but I wasn't partying. I was more going deeper into my soul with the wrong, mm -hmm. well, kind of, you know, some people would say that it's not the wrong medicine, but definitely not under professional supervision of how it's supposed to be used. Um, mm -hmm. You know, now I know they use microdosing and they use uh, um, certain substances to provoke mm -hmm. healing and to help people accelerate yeah. their development. And I'm completely for that. 
I was okay. doing it on my own. Right. Um, so turned it around. Sobered Self-med- up, self-medication. 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 Right? There you go. So I was self-medicating mm-hmm. uh, more than I had to. Got what I needed from it and a little more than, <laughs> yeah. than I bargained for. And uh, I turned my life around at 21, sobered up, and found out that I was made to be a transformation agent for others. I trained as a coach, as a facilitator, learned a bunch of stuff along the way, 20 years now in, on that path. And here we are putting it all together and, mm-hmm. and finding new ways to take it to more people, to, to, yeah. well, to touch more people's lives. Amen. Amen. My two minutes, I and guess. So, you know what? You're good, man. So I, that was awesome, Jose. So this is Kevin talking. You'll get used to hearing our voices if you become a regular listener to the show, which is a great time to say, hey, this show is free. The only payment that we request is you smashing the subscribe button. It means a ton to us and it helps others discover. Uh, and then if you like what we're doing, drop a review. Okay, now back to the show. I'm Kevin Oldham and um, I was a student of Jose's until I became his business partner. Um, my story is such that I met my guy here um, in 2021 in a period of transformation myself. Um, business transformation, personal transformation, just a lot of things. Uh, and you'll find that Jose and I are, are spiritual people. You know, I feel like God put Jose in my life and in this path at the right time when I was open to receiving these messages and uh, as well as, as open to doing the work to doing the self-work necessary to honor honor my commitment, my purpose. But I didn't know what my purpose was. Um, and so, you know, Jose, you helped me greatly in determining that. And that was actually pretty easy. I mean, here's my personal development plan still with appended notes. And, uh, you know, I'm the commitment to being the filament in the lives of the people I touch. It means I get to be light. I get to be a source of strength and, and, and positivity in a world that needs it. And I've got it to give and it's free. So uh, it's kind of selfish to keep that to myself. And through that process, a lot of other things started to happen. My business performance improved. My, I was a better dad, a better, better husband, um, better business leader. And probably more important than all that, I was nicer to myself. You know, I was, I was better to myself. And one of the things that you and I identified way back in 2021 was that I needed to stop being negative to myself. I needed to, um, you know, just, Stop being stop being a weenie, as we like to say in our family. Don't be a weenie. You know, I say that to my kids. And, um, you know, last year I was having lunch with a buddy. Hadn't seen him in a while. And I, I said I said out loud for the first time, I'm like, you know, I love myself. And it took me 47 freaking years to figure that, to be able to say that. Because once I said it and then I came back to my office, I reflected on every decade. And I'm like, you know, as a kid, was I really comfortable in my own skin? Eh. Teenager, eh, 20s, definitely not. All the substance abuse was to cover that up. 30s, still trying to find my way. Newly sober, not comfortable in my own skin. 40s, still not comfortable until I did the work. And then I was like, man, this is awesome. And it started to trickle down. And so selfishly, I was like, man, this is a, a, you fired me as your, as your student as soon as you and I became business partners in a company called VUCA Fit, which we'll talk about at the very end. And, um, and now we're both on a mission to help as many people as will accept our help and do the work. And the whole and the soul podcast is one of these vessels to be able to do that. Yeah. 
There's something you said there when you're talking about, you know, sitting at that table with your friend and at what, 47? That was the age, 47? Yeah, yeah. You said, I love myself. And, you know, you started remembering. Or maybe 46, but still. Yeah, still. So you start thinking back about all, all, the, all, your, all your stages and all your ages. And one thing that I came to understand at one point was that in part of self-love, which is a topic that we've talked about many times, that navigating life with true self-love. It's like, I know that I'm not perfect. I know that I have a shadow. I know that, you know, some people are expecting to be a better version of themselves so that they can express self-love. It's like, I need to become this person so that mm -hmm. I can love mm -hmm. this person versus, no, I have all these flaws. I have all these imperfections. I have these sins. And I still love myself, even with yeah. all these flaws, even with all these especially, even with Especially the with them. Mm -hmm. I, I love myself. I, I love mm -hmm. myself. But the other part is that looking back, self-love is also about loving the past you also. Mm -hmm. It's seeing you in all those places of your life. It's seeing you when you were a teenager, when you were awkward, when you were doing these weird things and when you were saying these, you know, these, I don't know, awkward things and, and, and mm -hmm. acting and, and looking back, you know, I have a friend that he doesn't like to talk about his past. He doesn't, he, he, he's completely embarrassed by it. He completely, mm. he's a shut book. He doesn't want to touch it. He doesn't want you to mention it. I'm like, no, it's like, I have self-love, not just for who I am today. I have self-love for who I've been in every moment in my life. Like I look mm. back at that teenager, I say, dude, I love that guy. I love that person. He now that I was then, like I have no shame for it or, or any embarrassment for it. So I think self-love is also about loving the, who we were in the past. And, and yeah, just wanted to say that. It came up when you were talking about what you said and thinking about your past and who you were in the past. Well, and here's, yeah. further, here's further proof that the work is never done, right? I mean, because I haven't come to that point yet. Like I think about, I think about my 20s. My 20s, I was off the rails. It was insanity. Like the stories are off the charts. Most of them don't sound real. And, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of carnage left behind. Um, and it's hard to like, go back and be like, you know what? I love you, dude. Uh, you know, you could, you could blow a rail of, of cocaine like nobody else could. Right. And say, I love you. I'm proud of you for that. No, it's been super like, and that's where, you know, I think I am in my journey. It's like still trying to reconcile some of the stupid things I did and yeah. and be okay with it and i think the way i get there is that i realize that without all those circumstances i don't have any regrets i just don't necessarily love the way i used to behave and the way that i become at peace with it is because those experiences and circumstances shaped who i am today and i'm very very proud of who i am today like i'm very proud of of, of yeah. me you know, so it's interesting. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if I'll ever get there completely. You know, the twenties were were an interesting period of time. <laughs> well, but I think they are for everybody. Can, you know, they are for everybody. But it's not about loving and being proud of what you did, but who you were. It's loving yeah. who you were, and despite despite what you were doing, you were figuring it out, man. You were being yeah. human. You were, yeah. So, so human. what? What else can we expect to, you know, we already jumped into some stuff here. Yeah. Um, in this introductory uh, episode. 
But what else can people expect? You know, I I I, I love talking about philosophy. I love talking mm. about um, life itself, the soul. Um, I like talking with depth. I like I like having mm-hmm. noble conversations, conversations yep. with meaning. Um, and so I think um, that's some of what people can expect in this in yeah. this uh, podcast. We can talk about philosophy. Talk about. Mm-hmm why we do things and how to do them better. I mean, we can also bring leadership tools and, and frameworks that will help people yeah. make sense of things. Why we practice certain things. I mean, we can bring in a lot of useful, valuable resources to people in this podcast. Well, I mean, you and I have huge aspirations. I mean, we want to have Huberman on our podcast. We also want you know, we want to have great guests, both famous and not famous. Um, but other people who are smarter than you and I in their areas, um, we see that we see this as an opportunity to to uh, to, to to give those types of people uh, a platform to to share their ideas with. I think one of the things that I love about our relationship is kind of you're a, you know you're a synthesizer of a lot of uh, philosophical things, and then you can communicate those in a way that makes sense and that are simple for you know entrepreneurs, crazy ADHD entrepreneurs. And so I'm excited about us being able to bring some of those things here because I'll tell you, when I use business concepts with people and it's like, like I just dropped a voice note to one, to, to, to a mentee earlier today. And I was like, stay close to the money and what that, what's that mean and all that. And I guarantee he will, that'll be cemented in his head, just like it's been cemented in my head for the past decade when a mentor told me that. So I'm excited to bring some of those mental models, um, synthesized information so that People have sources of truth because there's a shit ton of bad information out there. And, um, yeah. you know, you always got to look at like, what are the people's motives when they're, when they're, when they're, you know, sharing information and we'll be very transparent about our motive at the end of this. I mean, we want, we want to help people figure out why they're on this big rock and then honor that through every aspect of their life. If they're open to it, I mean, it's a mission we're on. It's a mission we're on. So that's kind of what I well, see, man. And then you, obviously yours and my conversations. Like- well, one of the things that I least tolerate, like, I don't want to say that I can't stand. It's not about not being able to stand it. But one of the things that I see that, you know, drive me to do what I do is seeing people um, waste their life, like not live it with the amount of death, death and meaning that when it comes to an end, because we got to understand that. You know, we are going to die. Memento mori. There is an end to this. We are, you know, mortal. And for those that don't know what memento mori means, it's in the Roman Empire, in the Roman, in the times of the Roman Empire, the generals would win battles and they would come into Rome and they were celebrated and they were glorified and they were, you know, they had parades and they would risk, they would run the risk considering themselves immortal gods. Like I must be a god if they treat me this way. Mm-hmm. So they would have a servant who would whisper in their ear, memento mori, who would constantly go, memento mori. Remember that you're a mere mortal mm-hmm. to put keep their feet on the ground. Let's remember that yeah. you're going to die. Um, I have a memento mori calendar right over my bed, and that calendar is, you know, I scratch off the weeks. It's, oh, do you? It's a sum of 80. It's 80 years worth of weeks. So each square is a week. And it's ah. 80 years. 
And every year on my birthday, I scratch out a whole row, row of squares. Uh-huh. And so I know that I'm, all, I'm already halfway through. And I actually marked the square of the week where my mom died. And I marked the mm-hmm. square of the week where my dad died. Mm-hmm. So I had some perspective. Yeah. And uh, like, did you do it? For, did you did you do it in your life, or did you put like the square? Did you project where you know your age when they died? Like, how did you do that? No, no, I have my life. And yeah. Then I have a week in, in the future. There's a, a black box. Okay. You have a bunch of empty squares. It's a little yes. black box, and it's like that's the week my mom died. At okay. That age. Yeah. That week. My mom. Of her life. <laughs> Right. So if, once I make it past that week, it'll be like, okay, I made it past my mom. Or if I get right. there, I could, smart. I, could end up, yeah. I could end up dying before, my friend. You never know. Absolutely. So we I'm can like, both die later never, on tonight. I mean, that's the thing, there's, right? There's, yeah, you never know. And there's a quote at the bottom that know. says, he who, he who wastes, who dares waste an hour of his time, um, how is it the quote? He who dares waste an hour of his time has does not know the value of his life. Something like that. Mm, it's by Charles yeah. Darwin. He who dares to waste an hour of his time does not know the value of his life. But again, it's just a way to keep perspective that this is, you know, a, it's a one-time thing and, and, and time is running. Like Jesse Isler said, the train's not stopping for anybody. No, it's keeping not. going. Has it stopped for anybody yet? I mean, and yeah, I mean, that's we have one hundred percent success rate on this death deal. Uh, this one guy who cheated it, and that's about it. And it wasn't you or me. So I like the odds of us dying, um, which kind of goes with like some of the values that you know we're instilling. And I think that that our values of this show, you know, their values of the company that we started, but they're also like things that you and I believe that I think. I want us to weave into weave into our show. And if it's cool with you, like I would just like to share these with our guests because I think it I think it helps frame how how we think. So it's one thing to know like what's what's our who are we? Um and really talk about who I am and it really doesn't matter. Uh I'm an entrepreneur, I own multiple businesses, and I just want to help people like suffer less in business and life. So there you go, Kevin Nolan. There's my intro. More importantly, <laughs> the values. The values, you know, noble commitment is is a really, really powerful one. And that's one of the things that your coaching style is basically the found it's step one. It's 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 the foundational element that you help people with. And so, you know, we're committed to something greater than ourselves. It's not about us, right? And uh, anybody who joins us in this journey and listeners, anybody who you know, supports our, our business VUCA fit will will understand just how powerful the noble commitment aspect is of the VUCA fit methodology and, and the whole in the soul uh, podcast. It's just like, man, when you have a noble commitment, a purpose, it, it all makes sense. Um, the infinite mindset is number two. You know, we believe that the work is never done. It's just never done. And number three is like self work. You got to be, oh, is, go ahead. I do want to say something. Yeah. It's never done and it's not just focused on this life, yeah. like it takes into account that there's something afterwards also. The infinite yes. mindset is a mindset that takes into account that after this, there's something else. So if you yeah. believe that after this, there's something else, you're working towards that also. It's not just mm-hmm. about here, it's about whatever comes after. If you're Christian, it's heaven. If you're Buddhist, it's karma. It's a, but there's more 
beyond this lifetime that we, yeah. that the infinite mindset takes into account. Amen. Yep. Um, we also talk about self-work. So that's the third one, you know, we want to do a self-work that's necessary to honor your commitment. You can't just declare a commitment and be like, Hey, it's all going to be sunshine and rainbows. And here's how I go about my wife. You got to work at it. Um, getting back to Memento Maori, we talk about die empty. You know, life is short, leave it on the field. Today could be our last day. Uh, make sure everybody that you love knows that you loved them. Make sure you, you leave, you leave and uh, every single day you've, you've lived a full life. Right. And then, uh, the last one, warrior up, yeah. get VUCA trained or get VUCA fucked, which is a big one. Um, you got to train, you got to train for yeah. life. Like an athlete trains for their sport. You got to train for this stuff. And I think that each one of these could be an episode. You know, I don't think we're gonna have any shortage of content, man. I, I've been thinking about it. I'm like, Holy smokes. Um, and it's going to be fun. I'm oh. super excited to like be on this journey with you and um, help people help people realize that, well, first of all, we're all broken. You know, you're not alone. You're not special. We're all broken. We've all got crap in our backpacks our metaphorical backpacks, but you don't have to carry that backpack by yourself. There are resources. There are people. There are frameworks. There are all these things that can make it so that that metaphorical backpack in life is more manageable. And I think that. If you and I do that, help people understand that, that that is noble work. And that is, that that's, that's a lot of what this podcast exists for. You, you know, you said uh, twice, you know, all of us are broken. And the thing that comes up for me there is this uh, Japanese art of Kintsuji. Have you ever heard of Kintsuji? No, wise, wise teacher, tell me. It, I freaking Google this right now. So I'm not that wise. <laughs> I just remember. I Googled it. So you didn't know anything. The Japanese art of break, I, I put it to Google, Japanese art of fixing broken things with gold. It's the Japanese art of fixing broken things with gold. You know, it's the repairing broken objects, ceramic, pottery, or glass with gold. It's used, you know, it, but it's a, but it's a metaphor. Oh. It's metaphorical. It's, it's, so you have these broken ceramic things, like, mm -hmm. or, and they fix them with, with gold. It's instead of using glue, they, and it's beautiful. It's an amazing art, but it speaks mm -hmm. into, we are broken and we can fix ourselves with with gold, with beauty, with truth, with yeah. purpose, with meaning. We can put ourselves together in a way that serves others. Where our, um, like Jen Gottlieb said, our mess mm -hmm. is our message. Mm -hmm. And that's yeah. part of what this is going to be. You know, mess is our message. Mm -hmm. I'm a recovering addict. We are both recovering. We addicts. both are both messed up in that regard. It's not even messed up. It's like awesome. I love being a recovering addict. Yeah. And actually, as a matter of fact, it's cool to be one right now. It's on trend. When you and I, it's on trend. it is. You know, so so the listeners know I stopped drinking. I think I was about thirty, so I was about ten years later than Jose. And uh, back then, there were a couple of non-alcoholic beverages. Um, people looked at you like you were weird if you weren't drinking alcohol. And and keep in mind, this is just you know within the past twenty years. And now, it's super. You, you to you not drink. Cool. You weren't cool before. No. Now it's cool. No, I didn't feel good it's in my cool own skin. So and now, now it's like when people say, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give up drinking. I mean, what do we have? We have like dry November or dry, uh, dry January or something like that. I think a lot of people. Um, but it's like this we're badge of honor now. And I'm like, dude, we're badasses now because we're veterans in this regard. Like, that's pretty cool. But the reality yeah. is we're just two dudes trying to figure out how to not mess up every single day and, and do the best work we can. What else, man? Those are some of the things to expect. And some of it, we don't know. We don't know where this is going. I'm always, you know, 
we start projects and we work on the projects, but the projects work on us. Yeah. So we're working on this project of the whole and the soul podcast, but we don't know what this project's going to do to us. No. So these are vehicles. These are vehicles to do the self work. These are vehicles to grow and to become wiser mm-hmm. and learn. It's like, what do we, what are we going to become through this podcast? That to me is exciting also. You know, I've, I've mentioned VUCA Fit a few yeah. times, and I think that it makes sense to at least talk about what the heck VUCA is real quick, and then what the fit component is, and as well as uh, why we decided to start a business called VUCA Fit. Like, I think that makes a lot of sense. Go ahead. All right. So VUCA isn't any term that Jose or I uh, developed. U.S. Military College developed it to – uh, describe the, the world after the Cold War. And VUCA is, a, is an acronym that stands for Volatile, Uncertain, Complex, and ambigu- Ambiguous. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a label. That's all it is. It's a label to assign to the things that life offers us, whether that's a flat tire as you're uh, headed out the door for your most important meeting of the day, your kid's diaper exploding all over your hand, or um, you know, what, whatever it is, the, the beauty of life and what it offers us. And, and it is all of those things. And so it's a way to be able to uh, name something because when we can name it, we can tame it. We can, we can manage it. We can identify it. We can do something with it. If we don't, then it just kind of hangs out out there. You know, it's this, this thing that works on our psyche. And so that's what VUCA is. It overwhelms them. Absolutely. You can lock up, you know, next thing you know, you got to reboot your human CPU and and maybe that's what VUCA fit is. It's, it's almost a way to help people kind of take control of their system. And this is where I think that it makes a lot of sense for you to talk about, you know, how your teachings and the, the framework that you put together really helps people navigate understand and persevere in a VUCA world. Yeah. So being VUCA fit is being capable and able to manage the VUCA that the world offers us. It's having a VUCA fit mindset. And how do we develop a mindset that's more capable of understanding what life offers us? Um, we got to train like a warrior would train in an athlete. And we have certain instruments um, that are the key to our nervous system, the key to our mind, the key to our soul, the key to our spirit. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of my work is there's philosophy, but there's also science. There's neurobiology. There's neuroscience. There's bio, you know, biology in itself. And how do we biohack ourselves at a biological level? But it's also psychological, spiritual, and philosophical. I mean, you got to bring all these things together. Yeah. You got to bring them, and that's what the VUCA Fit method has brought together. It's philosophy, physiology, psychology, spirituality, and developing a VUCA capable way of being. I wouldn't even say a VUCA capable mind because it's beyond the mind. It's the body. It's it's our whole being needs to be capable of managing life. Yeah. And what life offers us. And we can develop that. We can train. We can build that capacity. I mean, the outcomes are that the people that work with me used to not be able to deal with the things that life offered them in effective way, in healthy ways, 
Um, sometimes they wouldn't even like I had one client one time say I wouldn't even expose myself to these mentor groups where I'd be sitting there in front of everybody because I it was too much pressure for me with with imposter syndrome and with fear and with nervousness and and feeling incompetent. And now I can just sit there and breathe through it and I can be there now. I can sit there. Um, same thing with things that, you know, you, you talked about flat tires, but there's more complex things like. My relationship with my teenage daughter, that's way beyond the flat tire, my friend. Yeah, we've talked about it a lot. It's super complex. It's definitely volatile. It's got a lot of hair on it, right? No. I hear things happen to my daughter from my wife. And as a father, I really can't intervene. I can't. I got to deal with it. I got to deal with it internally. You know, and... I'll tell her if you want, I'll go, I'll go kick his ass. Yeah. And she's like, no, dad, you can't get involved. You can't do anything. And I'm like, wow, this is, this is beyond my traditional way of responding would have been go break some legs. <laughs> right. You know, here in, the, simple, here in the States, right? we talk about, you know, getting out the shotgun and right. I mean, out the shotgun, <laughs> fixing it easy, like a, like a flat tire. <laughs> yeah. But it's not, it's not fixable like a flat tire. So you, you will learn these abilities and some of them are spiritual. Some of them are physical. Some of them are psychological. We, we dig in. Yeah. And, and so we have practice. We, we have instruments. We have a frameworks that we teach people and it has results. Yeah. And I've synthesized it in a way that it's simple to understand these very complex things that have always been said to us. Yeah like breathing or meditating or whatever. Because it can be able to bring them together. Yeah. It was you say it can be it can be overwhelming. Just thinking about any one of those. Like if 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 a if a friend of mine would have said, Hey Kevin, uh, you seem stressed out and I think that breath work would be good for you. And then left, right? Then I'm left with this whole confusing world of breath work. Whether it's podcasts, it, it's all these things. And I'm like, what is what where do uh Okay, I'm just going to lock up and the default thing is I'm just not going to do it. Okay, cool. Meditation. You know, when it comes to me and meditation, you, you gave me the one thing that actually helps keep me centered. You're like, man, just you, when your mind wanders, go back to like, think about the tip of your nose. It was just like one little thing that you told me a couple years ago that's now been this little tool I carry around in my toolbox. And now it's like, okay, cool. That's what helps me be successful at meditation. Well, <laughs> I wouldn't say successful, but be better at meditation. And so um, I'm excited to drop like those pearls that, that that people can can take away, and they can start using like that same day to to improve their life, alter the trajectory of their lives. Like you and I are gonna do noble work here, whatever it looks like. Like this show is all about doing noble work, and uh, dude, I'm excited. Love it. I'm excited, man. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. It already is. Okay. I mean, here's episode one in the can. Well, it's going to be, I think that what we're going to offer here is just that, you know, we're going to offer psychological mindset, physiological, you know, things that we can do technically in our body, philosophical, you know, under, you know, everybody's a philosopher. Nobody knows that they're a philosopher, but every, everybody has, everybody has a life philosophy. The question is, is it serving you or not? Mm-hmm. So we're, we're all philosophers. And uh, spirit, spiritual, you know, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll be able to talk about spirituality. I mean, the only thing to fill that infinite void in the soul 
is something infinite. Yeah. And, you know, whatever that is for you. Yeah. Yeah. And we hope to help people discover that. Um, shameless plug, we got a couple of websites up and running now. So if you wanted to uh, check out what VUCA Fit's all about, VUCAFit.com. And then we also have an e commerce store. You might see uh, Jose's wearing a shirt that says Noble Warrior. Um, we've got a trademark, other shirts and uh, apparel and courses and a bunch of other things at VUCA.fit. The online store is and um, hole in the soul smash smash subscribe so that uh, you catch us on our next episodes and um, we'll look forward to talking to you next week and Jose thanks for being my partner in this journey go. man I'm honored to be on this journey with you I am honored too my friend <laughs> <laughs>